In the first part of this episode, Mustafa talked to me about his life as a pharmacist, then as a diplomat, and then as an investment specialist with the AIB. Here is part two. I remember I visited the bank three years ago, and I was so impressed that you were doing your MBA at the same time, coping with、uh, all the work from the bank. I remember the bank had a lean. Linking structure principle where everybody was shouldering a lot of responsibilities, so that must uh, uh, have been difficult. And、um, now you are in a new environment, adding more perspectives to the bank's portfolio, extending the portfolio to other regions. So, what have you learned on China, Mina, while you were in the bank compared to when you were diplomat? Um, so of course, the, the the earlier focus as a diplomat was very bilateral,、uh, very focused on、uh, Egypt,、uh, China, which has spent、uh, almost six, seven years of my life on this.、Uh, but then you have a bigger scale, so I, I really had to,、uh, you know, look at the whole MENA region.、Uh, so from.、Uh, Not only Egypt, but、uh, we have Jordan, we have Saudi Arabia, we have Oman, UAE.、Uh, so I started building more relationship、uh, in in the, in Mena,、uh, either on the official side or even on the informal side with companies.、Uh, getting to scan every single、uh, opportunity, every single transaction that is happening in in Mena wasn't easy, but that was. One of my major tasks,、uh, we developed several、um, projects, and and in Oman, in Oman is actually one of our biggest, uh, uh, one of the biggest borrowers from from AIB,、uh, and I, I did more in Egypt as well because I mean knowing the、uh, knowing the market very well, having the relationship, it wasn't that difficult to move quickly and and. Uh, screen the right projects for the bank, knowing that the bank still, in the first year, focusing on specific regions and、uh, maybe attracting the bank attention and the management attention to Mena in general and Egypt as well was、uh, was I think、uh, important to choose the right opportunity or right transaction,、uh, and that actually happened. The bank、uh, put. Uh, uh, invested seven hundred and ten million US dollars in Egypt.、Uh, the first project was eleven solar projects in Benban,、uh, in near Aswan in the south of Egypt,、uh, and that was very, very.、Uh, that's a landmark project. Actually, it's. I mean,、uh, until recently, I think that was the biggest. Solar、uh, park in the world, and still until now, a、uh, solar park in the same uh, area. Uh, I also work on a sovereign projects with the Ministry of Housing for a big rural sanitation project. We work with World Bank on that, and、uh, AIB involvement、uh, went up to three hundred million US dollar.、Uh, and the only and the first standalone deal, we work.、Um, We had an FI arm in the bank, so we work on、uh, with financial institutions, and、um, so、uh, we work with the National Bank of Egypt on 
financing uh, their projects up to 200 million US dollar, 150 from the bank and 50 from another institution. And uh, uh, it was very helpful to, you know, uh, give them the opportunity to, you know, give these projects, uh, especially uh, infrastructure projects, more attention in the country, especially the small scale project, because the focus of the bank was on, on the bigger uh, ticket size. Uh, but uh, lending to National Bank of Egypt or other banks in Egypt would help to, you know, uh, focus on this. Uh, so in general, it was very interesting to focus on the bigger picture, uh, spend more time on traveling to these countries, meeting, building network, and uh, introducing uh, in a um, uh, balanced way all the possible uh, ideas and possible plans, and even from a political point of view, because uh, as a financial institution, you are interested in a country, you, you, you really need to get to understand the political view. So uh, uh, I was explaining to the management the, the, the politically stable and balanced uh, uh, manner, which was really very, very helpful. I would say many of the listeners of uh, this podcast could be in project financing. So if there is one unique selling point from a project that would get AIB funding, what would you say that unique selling point is? Um, I mean, I mean, during the time that I was uh, working on, uh, um, the bank had uh, a view of reaching almost 50% of its investments and uh, uh, lending portfolio to private sector. So uh, still the bank, uh, you know, uh, supports uh, sovereign projects, but at the same time, the bank support uh, uh, private sector and really highly appreciate private sector, especially PPP, uh, public-private uh, partnership. Uh, uh, looking at different countries in MENA, I've seen the PPP scheme uh, was developed in a very, very good and professional way. Uh, Saudi Arabia was one of the leading countries in uh, in area. Uh, UAE as well. Jordan have done has done some uh, very good work, uh, especially on the solar and wind uh, phase one and two, and and phase three at the, as well. Uh, so I believe that's the main focus of having uh, such very well structured schemes of uh, PPP in uh, MENA, because that would attract. Uh, more FI and would attract as well, would support the bank uh, motivation of uh, mobilizing private capital as well, because the bank can go, uh, but can bring other, uh, you know, private capital as well with it. Yep, I 100% agree. I think PPP is the way forward, driving regional growth. It has to be a combination of um, multilateral and um, national level and uh, from the private sector combination of uh, funding and investments going. Now we are on to a new round of uh, questions, which I call them quick fire questions. So why don't you give me your answers in 15 to 30 seconds? Why don't we start from you giving us three adjectives describing China-Egypt relations? I would, uh, I would say strategic, um, unique, and 
mindful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would say special. <laughs> I would say special. Of course, historic because that's uh, yeah that has been for more than sixty years. Okay, what about uh, China and Mina? Use three adjectives. Uh, strategic from a political point of view, because China has been always supportive to, uh, uh, you know, the Arab causes, especially the Palestinian cause. Uh, and since, you know, uh, its establishment was uh, a supporter. Uh, if I add one more uh, adjective, I would say expandable. Uh, I would say looking at the future. I think it can be expanded and extended for other areas. Of what don't the Chinese know about the Arab world or about the MENA region? Well, MENA in general, uh, I mean, it's what they don't know is maybe they see it as, especially for people who never been to MENA, uh, is that MENA is not the same, uh, uh, how to say, uh, it's not exactly the same, uh, exactly same culture or same area. It's a very, very big area. Countries are even different within MENA. Languages uh, could be even pronounced, uh, or, or I mean, not only languages, but dialects as well are, uh, are very different. Um, and you would have a very wide range of cultural variation, uh, language variation, even cities are totally different, even history is different. So uh, it's hard to put MENA in one single uh, stereotype. It's, uh, it's good to go and see and visit to see the differences between uh, different countries, even though, uh, you know, uh, language is almost the same, uh, culture is similar, but you have a lot of varieties in, in, in MENA, so there is a lot to see. So what don't Arabs know about China? Um, China is totally different from uh, what you have in mind. Uh, in China, you can have more than 100 cities that can uh, be capitals for very big major countries. Um, there is a lot to see in, in China. So China is a continent. Uh, again, a stereotype that I've been, you know, some, some, some of, of the people I know, you know, they are stereotyping things. But once they arrive to China, once people visit and say, wow, it's totally different from what I expected. So um, in terms of culture, uh, again, it's, it's not the same. Uh, 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 cities in the north, uh, they eat differently, they speak differently from people in the south, which is, again, diversity is... Now, now let me put the question this way. What don't non-Chinese and non-Arabs not know about China-Mina relations? They might know that it's historical and uh, it's, uh, it's quite strong. And even if relationship between MENA and other regions got uh, very strong back maybe late 70s, 80s and 90s as well, uh, 
I could say that the last decades um, witnessed a stronger relationship between both countries and and uh, that's something interesting and uh, and important as well for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. I was doing some data analysis the other day. So between 2008 and 2019, China-Arab bilateral trade grew by about 10% on average per year. And let's bear in mind that oil trade has, you know, always made up the bulk of bilateral trade and oil prices have collapsed a couple of times during the past 10 years. However, the fact that the trade was growing still at double digit rate really shows the volume of trade and the diversification of trade as well. So Mustafa, we've we've talked about your diplomatic life. We've talked about your time at the AIIB. What's next for you? What does the future hold for you in store? Tell us a little bit more. Um, so, uh, for some, uh, you know, family health issues, I had to really relocate. Uh, twenty twenty wasn't an easy year for everybody, of course, and uh, uh, for me as well. So, um, because of uh, some sickness issues, I had to relocate with my family, who are in London. Uh, and then I had to, you know, think of what's next. Um, uh, I enjoy doing different things in life. Uh, I had different passions. So uh, that wasn't easy to figure out what's next. Um, I'm working on different things, which I really like. I, I enjoy doing different things at the same time. So uh, one of the areas that I'm very interested in is private equity and venture capital, which I spent some time on either academically or even, you know, uh, practically as well. So that's one of the aspects that I have very interest. I'm working on building few things. Uh, at the same time, being a person who managed to uh, make a very drastic career shift. So um, from a pharmacist who uh, knows only medicine and chemistry to a diplomat who... Uh, you know, should speak about politics and economics and, and law and, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, culture. And then to uh, investment specialists who work in uh, a multinational financial institution for almost four years. Um, and I focus heavily on investments uh, and project management, uh, business development as well. Uh, I developed a way or uh, let's say a blueprint, uh, a step-by-step guide for anybody who wants to do this. So uh, for uh, especially, you know, executives, business managers and management professionals uh, who feel that they are multi-talented, multi-skilled, and they think uh, they want to do something new in their life. Uh, So I'm building this coaching business to help and empower those executives to find, to build, rebuild their life on, on, on their passions and create their own next opportunity uh, and next big move. Uh, so it's very, very interesting because um, I've been through this uh, several times in my life. There are a lot of practical lessons I learned. I, in the beginning, I unintentionally developed this um, guide uh, in an unplanned manner, 
But I think now after uh, four shifts in my life, uh, I developed like very, very, very intentional step-by-step guides how to do things in order to move from one career to the other. Uh, how to pick the right career for you. That's that's um, a step-by-step approach. And there is uh, uh, some science behind it. And then uh, right from there, how to move on. And even earlier, I help people to rebuild their life on different foundations because one of the ideas that we uh, were brought up on, we learned in school, in order to succeed in life, you just need to specialize in one single career. Right, early specialization. Uh, get one major in school, university. You know, stick to one single industry or domain all your life. Get promoted, and that's it. That's one way of uh, defining success, which I, I don't mind. I don't oppose. But there are other ways. One of the other ways is to do different things in life, because at the end of the day, what matters is the journey, not the destination. Um, uh, People always tend to focus on the destination, which is not the point, but the journey of learning new skills, doing different things in life, enjoying the uh, the fulfillment uh, feeling of achieving different things in life. Uh, and another feeling which I think very few people felt it, which is living different lives. Uh, what I feel now is, even I'm still in my 30s, I... I feel like I live much longer because I lived a past life as a pharmacist. Then I lived a past life as a diplomat. Then I lived another past life as an uh, investment specialist or a banker. And at the same time, I still can do other things. Uh, so this is what I'm working on. I'm, I'm building uh, uh, right now. Uh, my website is almost ready, the Passion MBA. So it will be taught in an MBA manner to develop your options and, you know, funneling them and filtering them and then stick to one or two ideas and then we move on. So it's very, very scientific manner. Uh, and very- So people can find out more by Googling it, by looking up your LinkedIn, by looking up your Twitter, social media, et cetera, right? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, Mustafa Mar is on, uh, I mean, it's the uh, Mustafa with you, M-U-S-T-A-F-A, Amar, A-W-M-A-R. It's um, on on uh, social media. It's on Twitter. It's on LinkedIn. It's on Facebook, Instagram, and it's linked to the Passion MB as well. Uh, at the same time, I'm writing a book um, on the, on the same uh, the same uh, subject, which is uh, helping people how to rebuild their life on different foundations, and uh, it's very focused on uh, uh, you know scientifically. Uh, research, uh, how to build your life on different foundations, and then how to develop your passions and values, how to marry them. And then at the same time, how to start from there, doing this within um, uh, a scope of, of, of time that is different, of course, from a person to a person. But this is something we can always uh, coach people how to do it. I agree with you, Mustafa. Sometimes when I tell people I find more similarities than differences amongst Chinese and Arabs, people seem to be surprised by my conclusion. However, when we think about it, our generation, you know, the younger generation, something is quite similar. That is, the material life has pretty much been satisfied. At least at home, my parents always say, 
you know, there's no way you're gonna stop, and there will always be a roof over your head. So I think it, you know, uh, we share the same thing, which is really just going for your passion, and also being able to afford changes. And I think you know we appreciate that we are in this sort of lucky position. I agree with you, Mintiao, and、uh, there are a lot of similarities between both cultures. One of them, which I really admire a lot, is the the wisdom in both cultures, because、uh, both cultures are、uh, quite old civilizations. And uh, uh, if you you know dig deeper in both cultures, you will find a lot of wisdom, you know,、uh, of how to deal with things, how to live your life. I learn a lot from the Chinese culture in in、uh, in my life. So I used to memorize a lot of、uh, Chinese, <laughs> a lot of proverbs as well,、um, uh, which I really learn a lot from.、Um, uh, it's something very interesting to learn from. So cultures should always learn from each others, and exchange this.、Uh, at the same time,、uh, currently the environment that、uh, the global environment in general is quite.、Uh, Unstable.、Uh, there's a lot of uncertainties, and、uh, the old style of living your life in one single place or working in the same organization or the same corporation or the same government entity、um, might not be、uh, suitable for now because now change is is very high. We we could see people back in fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties as well. Uh, that you would stick to one single、uh, career, one single organization all their life. But now this is not happening. Uh, uh, to face the uncertainty and instability in such a world,、uh, it's better to embrace it, accept it, then embrace it, and then go for it. You know, rather than、um, you know letting your life as how to say as a kite in the air. You know, wherever the wind. Move you. It's better that you try to control it. You know, be in control of your life. Plan your next move before it happens to you.、Um, so,、uh, and always following your passion is is、um, is something that helped me to to try my best to succeed in whatever I'm doing. If you do things with passion, you will do it easily. You will not feel、um, uh, hardship while you're doing it. Uh, you will enjoy doing it, even if you work on it for twenty hours every day.、Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, a lot of people used to advise me, you know, work on your strengths, not your weaknesses. And it's it makes sense at some point, but at the same time, I think if your passion in your weakness, no problem. Your weakness can be your strength in a very short time.、Yeah. Mustafa, you've shared with me and whoever's listening to this podcast all your experiences, your insights, your wisdoms from the key elements of your life, and and I'm sure you know in your new coaching career, what you do is gonna be of high relevance to whoever's trying to make the. Most out of what's available to us in the current challenging environment, and I'm sure your coaching course, your book, would be really helpful to people. And of course, I would look forward to your continuation on working on sign-on relations because I think this field will continue to be highly 
relevant, and I'm sure there will be people and organizations seeking your advice and help with regards to this topic as well. So thank you so much for sharing everything with us this time around. Thanks a lot, Minxia. I really appreciate this opportunity. I enjoy talking with you. It's a very, very friendly chat, as if we are sitting in a nice coffee shop <laughs> drinking our coffee. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you soon, uh, hopefully in London very, very soon. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Minxia. Have a good day. So there you have it. That's my conversation with uh, Mustafa. As always, any suggestions, feedback would be much appreciated. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone who's interested in this topic. And please feel free to get in touch with me on uh, my LinkedIn or via my email. And thank you. I'll see you next time. Goodbye.